And welcome to episode 11 of Medicine for the Dead. I like that intro the best, I think. Though just, hey, <laughs> it's nice to see you again. Here's a nice warm cup of coffee. I, <laughs> Especially week, like the, weekend edition. Yeah. What well, is like, I like 11 the intro. in the morning and you haven't been drinking yet? So. True, true. <laughs> I also like the intro where you talk about the fact that you like the intro. That's my favorite part. Immediately, too. If we can't observe it with, to ourselves, what's the point? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, I it mean, it wouldn't be with this, whole this thing podcast is. without some self-congratulatory... Right. Uh, Literally you know, just said hello sentiment. and then was congratulating awesome. himself about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love how arrogant I come across in this. It's like exactly the way I want it to be. <laughs> what, wait, what do you mean in this? <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, the rest of life I'm arrogant too, but this is like a right. uniquely arrogant arrogance. <laughs> And it's just important that we call you out on it. Listen to this too. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> anyway, this is our pandemic special round two. As the yep. first episode was like, what it, how it affected us in our lives and stuff, and now one of us fucking got it. So Matt, how you Yay! feeling? Patient, hey everybody. Patient, Do quick, quick like, intros again, so we can recognize everyone can like calibrate whose voice is which. Oh, I'm BJ. I'm Christian. Josh. I'm. I'm me i'm matt i'm here you're the sick one. and now yeah. go <laughs> <laughs> okay so um yeah man the interesting thing is that we've now done uh both the election night live stream and another um uh episode while i was uh positive um i didn't know on election night and um i was still i was actually kind of in the midst of dealing with it the last time that we taped so this is me um uh post quarantine i am theoretically over it uh so this is coming out the other side and i would like to start out by um i'm sure we're going to get into the feelings about all this and 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 how this has affected uh every you know people differently i was incredibly lucky i had um mild symptoms um and nobody that i'm intimately connected to was adversely affected either so nobody was hurt nobody was hospitalized anything so i want to say out front whatever opinions we express that i am really grateful for that and i'm also um i have heartfelt uh you know concern for people that their experience was different right i want to say that up front because i want to get into um i want to talk about this in a in a very real way now having experienced it and how it made me feel emotionally like there's just a lot about this shit um, that I don't think we've actually had a lot of conversations about. I don't just mean the four of us. I mean, mm -hmm. as a nation, Nationally. like it's become this um, a light switch on and off issue, right? Either it's going to kill us all and you don't respect <laughs> it enough, or it's, it's totally made up. That That's the only term that it seems like we're talking about it in. And now having experienced it, that feels even more poignant. So I just want to say that. Well, your experience well, is kind of a non-political conversation about it. We can have we can I frame the conversation possible. about. Well, I think maybe now it is. Uh, that, that's the hope. Yeah. Go ahead, BJ. Sorry. This is where Zoom is difficult. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Um, yeah. I was gonna say, Matt. It's just interesting that like, like knowing somebody that's actually gone through it now, it's such a crazy virus because you know some people have the exact same experience you had and they're dead now, and yeah, your whole mm -hmm. family basically got it and everything's fine, right? So it's like not basically. Literally, everybody ended up testing positive after it was all said and done, both my boys and my wife. So, uh -huh. like, it's just, I mean, even, like, I got exposed to it a while ago, and I spent a whole weekend at a, a beach house with a friend of mine who was a, she's an older lady, and of, it was, like, I think, six of us that went out there. All the couples got tested to make sure we didn't infect her while we were there because we thought she was in the, you know, the at-risk population. And she's the one that fucking had it. So I spent an entire weekend face to face with it and nobody of nobody in the group got it except for her who already right. had it. So it's like, it's just this fucking, just the roulette of this thing is crazy. <laughs> what liquor were you drinking that weekend? So we can know what the elixir. It was, it was, it was a Jones house weekend. And if you know what that means, then that means, you know, that I drank everything that was present of just, you just start shoving bottles down your throat and that might've been the cure all who knows. No, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm the proof that that doesn't that's, cure anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you are a bottle of vodka at this point. <laughs> I mean, depending on the night, it could be tequila, it could be whiskey, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm an opportunist. <laughs> so, Matt, when you say you were you had mild symptoms, uh, let our listeners okay, know I'll, what, I'll, what I'll, that, I'll, yeah. I'll dive into that. So, uh, 
um, so and my how long after how, how long after the positive test did you experience? So my experience, um, I'll, I'll, I'll frame it. I'll give it a full time frame. So on the 29th of October is when I was exposed. I played a gig and myself and three other people at that um, gig all ended up testing positive later. We didn't know, you know, right. Um, and so that's when I contracted it. Um, I moving forward from there, I didn't notice anything except a slight tightness in my chest uh, uh, on Sunday when I was told that one of the people that I was at the gig with had severe symptoms and is going to get a COVID test. So in my mind, that was just anxiety, right? Um, they, their test came back positive and I was like, ah, now do I, am I, is my chest really tight? Like, what am I really feeling? Right. That, that, so it was so mild at first. I was, I was questioning whether or not it existed at all. Um, however, over the course from, from the, the, you know, the first, uh, or the second, even when I saw you guys and that, that actually is, is even more, was was even more of a turning point so the second the night of the uh, the second the night before the election and then the election when i saw you guys the third um i started to to realize that i was really feeling something but it still was mild we all talked at election night and got drunk i had the first hangover i've had the next morning since middle school like my i never get hangovers i didn't i mean we got drunk but i didn't throw up. I didn't drink more than I do any other time. I'm acting like I mean, you got drunk. I didn't get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you became alcohol. <laughs> and but but at like at 5 a.m. I woke up and I thought that I was fucking dying. Like my head was splitting open and and like I, I was I wasn't feverish, but I was I felt fevery. And then I was like, okay, this is just a bad hanger. I still wasn't positive yet at that point. I didn't know. But later that that same day, the day after the election, that's when I got my positive result back. And it was a steady progression from then up till I would say Sunday of last weekend. So almost a whole week ago now um, that my chest got tighter. Uh, I started having like full body soreness and I got super fatigued. Like I fell asleep during the middle of the day, which is also something that I don't typically do. Um, and that that was the extent of it. So. Uh, and then the one other kind of weird element that which, which makes makes me think that there's neuro neurological aspects of this is the smell and taste thing was not just like, you know, when you get a cold and you lose your taste because you're congested, I was never congested. My taste and smell went away, came back, was altered and did that like back and forth for like three days. That's like wild. I yeah. would smell a smell that wasn't there like wow. pretty regularly. Um, it was like uh, tangy or it, it was like it had like a almost a vinegary thing. And then I also would taste stuff and it would taste like when you bite into like on tinfoil or whatever. It had like a, hmm. uh, you know, that metally taste. And that came and went, you know, for a couple of days. Um, With that, and do, then you, I started do you think to, that was like related to things that were like already like I remember when I had mono like 100 years ago, I would get mm -hmm. taste sensations from my sinuses, like things that were like trapped in the snot in my face. And I would taste that. Like, but I didn't, I didn't have any, I didn't, I didn't have any congestion. Like I, I felt this pressure on my chest and had no cough. I never, I never had a cough. Like you guys, I, we fucking talked like a couple of yeah. times yep. during this. I've never sounded like I was sick. It just, I felt like there was somebody like literally pressure on my chest, like hard pressure. That's and during my that last recording, you, like you look sick. <laughs> yeah. I was fucking sick. Yeah. 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 You but but the, down. The, the other element. Yeah, exactly. I was I was exhausted. And and that's been that was the my biggest experience with it. So even the people and I was considered mild to asymptomatic um, because it didn't get bad enough. I never had a fever. I never got congestion. I never had a symptom that I never had two of the same symptoms on this list of symptoms that they kept sending out me that were a concern. So I'm in that like when they have that that 40 percent that they say are either mild or asymptomatic. I was in that 40 percent. But I still felt shit. Right. It was still right. a very real thing. And, and I'll tell you this that I thought was odd. I've had colds. I've had the flu. I've had strep throat. It doesn't feel like any of that. It's got a very unique feeling. Now, that may be bullshit because we've been told to think about this constantly for the last year. But it, I, it felt fucking odd. Like I've never had like, – I had that kind of muscle soreness you get after you've had a really bad fever and you're recovering. But it was just like everywhere in my body and all day long for a couple of days. Wow. Like – that was just, it was just like these symptoms that would, 
I'm sure we're my body fighting off a virus, but just without the underlying aspects of that, I didn't have the fever. Um, I didn't, you know, have like the, the cold sweat thing that you get when you're really sick. I didn't have any of that. It was just these weird other symptoms that are built into your body. recovery. Has anybody else you don't in your have family any, had not any, like pre? I was just going to say, uh, you, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. So, so um, the, the experience that the rest of my, my family had was similar. My boys, it was ultra mild. They had about three days where they felt anything at all. Otherwise, they were just fucking normal. <laughs> um, Jen, it hit her harder. And she ended up having, um, I did I did this too, and I want to go into this as well. But she ended up having like sort of some emotional unrest with it, um, which I did as well. Like, and that to me felt a little bit chemical. Like we were experiencing the anxiety of the experience, but it felt amplified to me. Um, and I think that, that that had something to do with the virus because she's an incredibly pragmatic, stable, um, you know, she is the the type a to my type whatever the fuck's wrong and (laughs) (laughs) and so like her to for for her to to unglue was it's very rare and that it was a regular occurrence during this last two weeks so i think that hit her hard she also has mild asthma and she was terrified that it was gonna move into her lung and turn into Mm. something different yeah that was my question do do any of you have any of those like predispositions to that they talk about in terms of um uh, both my youngest sam my six-year-old and jen have forms of asthma but neither one of them are severe now sammy we have had to take to the emergency room when he's had real like uh, several times when he's had really strong congestive colds because his pulse ox will get low he'll be his chest will heave now those that hasn't happened in a long time too. and they say you can grow out of, of infant asthma um, and he has, we have a ton because of that, we have an, a, 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 like an inhaler here or like shot inhalers, but also the machine that you, mm-hmm. that you put on your face and, and like turns out butyrol into mist. So we've got the gear to take care of it. So that actually is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this. We are more prepared to see that happen because we like, we know what it looks like when Sam gets to the point where he needs to go to the ER because we've done <laughs> it like four fucking times over the last six years. So that actually made us feel a little bit more prepared if it had gotten worse. To, to be but he, he never experienced any nope. of that type of He thing. had a cough for like two days okay. and it was mild. And Aiden ran a fever of 99 and that's it for, for like one morning. Like we, we, we gave him Tylenol just to be safe. And, 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 and mm-hmm. they were, you know, we quarantined obviously this whole time. Right. They're still on quarantine um, for this whole time. But I mean, nothing major at all. They were still doing, they were still going to school virtually. And like doing their normal shit every day. Like even when they had it, like they were both positive and just like doing their shit. Aiden also got on his chat. My oldest was like, Hey, my whole family has the coronavirus. And his <laughs> teachers were like, Oh, I'll tell him to stop. <laughs> Cause he, he's my computer. son, right? He's my son. So he's like, guess what's happening in my entire life. Like, <laughs> and, and like, clearly like, I don't know where he gets that from, but um, so yeah, like we had to explain to him like, Oh, that's like, some people are going to be uncomfortable with that. You need to like, we've talked, we talked to so actually his fucking elementary school principal called us just to make sure we were all okay, which was fucking the shit. That was so cool. And it, it there has been the, the, the one element of this that, that has been an uplifting is that the support is it, for, for us at least has been overflow. Right. Mm-hmm. We had people, um, drop off food and like pick up groceries for us and just like be super cool. Nobody in the neighborhood has like been pissed because all our kids have all been playing together. Now we immediately, as soon as we thought it was possible, we drew in and warned everybody. So we did all the responsible stuff, but that garnered us res- like some respect and some um, uh, uh, allowance from the, the, the hood. Like nobody has like written us like, how dare you bring this into the neighborhood? And like It could be like that, right? Like it could be. But we have people here in our neighborhood that have really folded in. Like they, they every they order everything online. Their, their kids don't go out. You know, it has really changed their experience um, uh, there for the entire year. So it could have been a lot worse. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's wild. So, and do so you? describe some like chest discomfort like i uh actually it might be a bass player thing because uh the bass player for my band also tested positive he and his girlfriend they went on like a little road trip um i guess they ended up going down to like tennessee but they said that they took all the precautions and ended up still getting it 
um they said that the hardest thing is like the that chest congestion and they said they described it as like trying to breathe through a straw essentially um do, so you, my breathing never got that level of restricted okay. but i did i did have a night and again this this plays into that um emotional component i had a night where everybody here was in bed and and fast asleep I, it was probably like 11 30 12 o'clock and i never i can even even during this i still had been like staying up till three in the morning just because that's how my body is made and um I started to like spin in my head about it. Cause that was, this was the night where my chest was the most sore mm -hmm. and like every breath hurt. Like it wasn't hard to breathe. It just it had physical pain. Right. Yeah. So the muscles in my chest were, were exhausted. And I was like, I was kind of like, Oh my, are my lungs going to be fucked up. And I'm like scarring my lungs. Like, is this a thing that's going to feel this way for like a long time? Cause you've heard tales of that. Right. Yeah. And then the other thing is, so I started spinning in that and I was like, okay, whatever, fuck it. I'll deal with it. And then I was like, man but what if it fucks sam up like this and he already has this trouble and then like right. i was just like falling down this this fear rabbit hole for like three hours i just sat in this fucking house not talking to anybody like fucking freaking out <laughs> and 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 getting angry that i was upset right and it would just compound and and i and i was then then i started to get fucking pissed after that, like after that experience, waking up the next morning and be like, oh, that was irrational. Everybody's going to be fine. <laughs> then I started having this feeling like, dude, this has fucking altered and in some ways ruined my normal life. Right. And what the fuck? <laughs> like I, I, I came in one side of it and back out the other and it wasn't even the worst cold ever. Yeah. That made me angry, too. Right. I don't know how to feel about it. I don't want people to be irrational, right. but I also don't think we can even talk about this thing without immediately raising a political red flag. Of, right. Like I had a mask on when I got this. I right. played that gig with a mask on, but I was inside and there were people in there without masks. So, gotcha. you know, clearly it makes sense if everybody had been masked and everybody had been doing the thing probably wouldn't have gotten it right so you don't know if but, you got it from someone in the band or if someone like in the audience one one person in the band has it one person did not get it huh. so but you don't know if somebody had it beforehand right it's just kind of like no i i actually have a suspicion <laughs> that it was somebody unrelated to the people that i know that got it mm -hmm. um because that's the space is small enough it may even have been somebody serving drinks like i'm not i'm not making a claim that i know that i'm just sure. saying there were people there that um that did get sick and people there that didn't get sick that i was in close proximity to so either so either people in that group have had it and don't know it and have antibodies, which also might be true, um, or the 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 people that that did get it got exposed to a specific person that the other people in that space didn't have close right. enough contact. With. Right. I don't, I don't yeah. fucking know. That's why contact yeah. tracing is so goddamn important. So. Right. And I've been called by every fucking health board on the planet. Like Maryland yeah. called me first, and then both Howard and Carroll County called me. And you just wow. answer, you know, his questionnaires, which I was all sure. about helping those fucking people out. Like they Absolutely. are yeah. doing the best that they can. Right. Like it's a, it's a tough fucking horrible job. I'm sure to call people that either are going to say, this is stupid. Um, or thank you for talking to me. I think I'm going to die. Like that's, right. those are the conversations that they're having. Like people right. are losing their shit, you know? That's what's really yeah. seems so like unbelievably stressful about this time is that the, the level of uncertainty to, almost every aspect of this is just overwhelming. I mean, you don't know where you got it, who you got it from, which, you know, if you're doing the responsible thing, I mean, why did you get it versus somebody who also was in that same area that didn't get it? Um, it's kind of like a tornado. And then once you, if you do get it, like there's a bunch of people who are completely asymptomatic mm -hmm. and then there are other people who fucking die. Right. Yeah, right. And I think that's the part about it that makes it hard to talk about. Right. Um, because I, I, after experiencing it and feeling like it was something that I'm not afraid of personally now, um, that puts me in one camp of people. Right. But I'm not in that camp of people because there's no way I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have just gone on about life and just fucking infected people. Like, right. you know, like I, I, I wouldn't, I know people die, right? right. And there is this interesting, <clears throat> there, I feel like the conversation, it has lacked duality in that way because people who feel responsible are unwilling to talk about the fact that some people will be fine. There's probably ways that we could all continue our actual daily lives. It would take a lot more structure 
It would take a lot more understanding. It would take more testing. It would take more contact tracing. It would take understanding if you have antibodies, does that mean you're actually not, you can't get it again, right? Like that's, there's like, like, think about all the things you've ever experienced medically and how sophisticated we feel. This just proves that it's a, it's a, this massive learning curve constantly. Like there's, there's so much we haven't done to make this work right. Yeah. It, it requires a consistency in messaging too. And and that's required yeah. to have like this conversation about the, the spectrum of like symptoms essentially. Cause what we don't know, like you had, a, a, you had a, a mild to asymptomatic case this time, but who's to say you can't be exposed to it again. And then that's, then it becomes worse or they're different. Like, and there's, there's right. no like, baseline understanding of of where this happens because you have one group of people who says once you get it you're immune and there's nothing that can happen after that and there's others who just w- require more information you can't say definitively one way or the other so well like, i now know i now know two people verifiably that have gotten it more than once yeah oh really yeah. yes who's and and now i don't know whether or not give they names. yeah no <laughs> give names. i don't know whether Coffee's or not they got the in. antibody test <laughs> So, so they may, they may not have, have had antibodies, right? They may have, they, they definitely tested positive and had it and then tested positive and had it again a certain amount of time later. Mm-hmm. They may not have ever produced antibodies and that may be the difference, right? Mm-hmm. But we, that should be mandatory. If you right. fucking have it, there should be this, like, I don't even have to see my doctor again. Right. Like I'm yeah. just, I just had it and now I'm done. Like, what the fuck? What is right. that? Why I, I should I should be I should have the the blood test I should get I should know if I have antibodies I should be able to then understand what my risks are returning to work like I should be able to work if I can or not work if I shouldn't right like right. There, like there's there's but we're not doing any of that or at least it didn't fucking happen to me and that's that to me feels like the biggest fuck up of all. Well, I mean, Christian's uh, like had some a, a weird lot. stuff with that too. Why don't you kind of? Yeah, I was going to kind of go into that. Yeah. That like, you know, trains that's, here. Yeah, trains the train. <laughs> um, that you know, we've been dealing with this for this for how long? I mean, it's almost you know, we're getting close to uh, yeah, it's eight months, almost, nine eight months, close to eight months, and, eight months, almost nine. Yeah, you know, we keep hearing. You know, we heard about the the troubles with testing on the in the beginning end of this, and you know, I feel like you know, I hear that it's been getting better, um, easier to get a test, but. In my family, we, none of us have, have contracted COVID, you know, or don't have any symptoms or any real concern that we do have it. But um, unfortunately, my, my girlfriend, it, her parents are having some health issues and she is uh, from, from France and needs to travel internationally pretty urgently. And in order to travel to France from the United States, because we haven't really been handling this all this well, all that well, uh, they require that you have a, what is it, a PCR test that tests negative within 72 hours of boarding the plane. Hmm. So one of the most stressful aspects of trying to book the flights and, and get over to France is finding out how, or figuring out how to get a test. I mean, we, I've literally spent the entire morning uh, on the phone trying to find appointments to get her yeah. a test that will see her within the right you know, frame like time frame, and also can get results back in the same time frame exactly. that she can get on the plane because they won't even without that they won't even let her board the plane. And right. you know that's you know she doesn't have it, and and you know we're not concerned that she has it, but um, but this is another kind of life and death emergency situation that you know we're having a difficult time getting a test, and so I imagine that that difficulty is going <coughs> to present very stressful to other people in other situations. I mean, if you have the virus, if you've had the virus, if you need to get tested to, you know, see if you're, you're over it. Um, I don't know it, that can be a deterrent. Yep. Well, maybe the reason why they didn't do any of that testing is because the, the Trump administration already, uh, conquered coronavirus. Yeah, so, right. it's, yeah. it's finished. We're all, we're all good. They there. have a vaccine. <laughs> It'll be coming in the mail next week. <laughs> I can't believe that they're fucking they're, they're still holding that narrative in the midst of the biggest outbreak in the midst yeah. of the coronavirus. Num- like numbers are literally <laughs> rising everywhere. I think except for like Hawaii and Maine are the only two that are not considered hotspots yeah. right now. Yeah, all Hawaii has so, to do is just close the airports and they're fucking, you know, they're fine. <laughs> They'll survive the zombie apocalypse the same way. It's so nuts to me that South Dakota is a hotbed. Like how are there enough people there to 
give it to each other. Like, Dude, fucking, I fucking I was so mad about the, the senator situation Trump. the other day. <laughs> yeah, I was I was looking at the actual population of the Dakotas. There's collectively two million people there. Right. There's six mm-hmm. million people in Maryland. <laughs> like there's they have two 40 million in California. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, I thought it was more than that, but it's like, it's, it's a fucking, the, the density is so low and it's spreading so fast. It's like, they must be just like going to the grocery store and coughing in each other's mouths to spread it that quickly. Like, <laughs> well, they're probably just not taking precautions because the, their leader has consistently downplayed the, the, the need to. So, you know, it's just fucking that's, ridiculous. That's like that, that conversation and that baseline is so critical and you know, that's I mean, they've why. intentionally and legitimately been giving the wrong information. Right. Yeah. 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 I also wonder with that, with like with the with Biden coming in. Thank fucking Christ. <laughs> and uh, the, the potential lockdown situation, like, is, is it even going to work? Because half these people are just going to go, fuck, my freedoms are at stake here. And let's do some patriot shit and not wear our masks and spread the coronavirus right. as quickly as possible. Well, I, I do. I do think that if there was some sort of a lockdown, they wouldn't have a place to go to to spread it. Right. Like they'd have to. I mean, they may go out and protest, but they're not going to get anybody other than themselves sick at that point. And well, they've already been doing that. There was so many like rogue so, incidents of places opening before, like, you know, a hairdresser would pop open and they'd get a thing. I bet it's just going to well, be like quadruple that. This it's time, gonna, you know? I mean, churches, the number of churches that refuse to close yeah. down and stop, you know, hold on, hold services, you know. Yep. They just. Yeah, religious God will God will prevent everything. you from getting COVID in this in this. <laughs> right. I just I just had a house. theory about that. What if they're just trying to kill all of them so they get their like inheritance from the estates of the people and they just get more donations faster? <laughs> no, I mean you mean you mean like the way Trump uh, is is dragging out the election process so he can make more money on the back end. Also, the proper I, term I, is coup. It's a coup. A coup. Yes. Yeah. Slow moving coup. And I don't think we should say his name anymore. By the way, so just we'll just refer to him as him. <laughs> that okay. guy. Uh, that's a little too like too much deification for me. Yeah, but like, I'm, yeah. I'm excited to, to to forget that we used to talk about him all the time. That, yeah. that like it, it, like episode 110. I'm really excited <laughs> to be like, yeah. Remember when we fucking talked about that dude all the time? Like, first of all, how did anybody put up with listening to us talk about him? But also, like, fuck, dude, that that was like 98 percent of our content. Well, what's a good what's a good clown name? We can just substitute a good clown name. Bozo. Oh, I, don't know. Bozo. <laughs> yeah. I just watched uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, so don't don't be talking shit about clowns. He's, he's so he'll, badass he'll get you. at the end of that. It's a good movie. <laughs> Negative good consequences movie. from that one. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of clowns and like masks and all that stuff, are you all familiar with uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the congressman or congresswoman elect from the Georgia 14th district? I I am not. What's her, what's the deal? Well, she's a she's an avowed QAnon. Uh, oh, she's yeah. one of the two. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. she had her like new orient or like new congresswoman orientation or congressman orientation this week, and apparently made a big thing about her body, her choice, but re- in regard to masks, you know, the the irony of that whole thing is is amazing to me. But um, does she? Yeah, does she know what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she does. I don't think they do. I mean, maybe they. It's all part of like the owning the libs stuff, but like. Well, I think there's yeah. there has been this uh, strategy of like appropriating. Uh, I mean, another event you're going to talk about is what is it the, uh, the march that's going on today. I call it oh, the yeah. million moron march, but there's probably just going to be. Like it was a, a million, thousand. you know, which is million maga. Yeah, yeah, which right. is clearly yeah. appropriating, you know. Yeah, that title but that hashtag has already been taken over by the TikTok geniuses, and now it just comes up as uh, Dave Chappelle as Prince handing you pancakes. Uh, that's so. fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think there there has been a, a strategy to to appropriate these these titles, which diminishes yeah. potentially yeah. diminishes sure. the value of of them in their what they you know. Uh, decide his opposition. Right. So. They've already appropriated the results of the Civil War. They they didn't take the same. That that language appropriation was the strategy. You know, far before Trump. But the whole yep. fake news thing was a real thing when they started talking about how there's a ton of fake news on uh, um, social media. That was the argument in 2015 and 2016. Like. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. There's stuff going on where, like, somebody's interfering. This is when the, the whole Russian interference thing was being brought to light. And the, the term for that was fake news until it became a Trump term. And now it's meaningless, right? And and that that was the point of that. That was the point of taking that over. 
Well, he said like in in an interview, um, I believe with with 60 Minutes uh, early on in his presidency when he was asked about, you know, why he says fake news and all that stuff. And then he flat out admitted because he always says the quiet part out loud is that it's my the goal is to diligent uh, delegitimize you and make you seem like so anything you say is questioned. And Mm -hmm. so there's just no way to question the administration. So, yeah, it's all part of the strategy. Yeah, I, I was thinking about something this week, which is that, you know, with all the fake news and, and QAnon and all the conspiracy theories and all that craziness is is if you remember back when we were kids and we, you know, if you had to go to the grocery store with your mom and you'd be in the checkout aisle and you'd, you'd see all these fucking preposterous headlines from the National Enquirer. <laughs> right. Like yeah. back then, if anybody came out and said that they legitimately thought that was news and it was not entertainment, we I mean, you. What, what fucking planet are you on? I mean, it, you know, yeah, you wouldn't even humor person. the idea that there was right. any any validity to that. Right. And, right. Today, and even as a kid, you like you would know that that stuff was fake. And if you bought into it, your parents, your your mom would say, "Shut the fuck up! This is not real. Don't buy into that bullshit." So okay, so clearly a- we we found out what's wrong with all of us. Our parents were like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> More parents should be like, "Shut the fuck up." Is what we're getting right. to here. But there's <laughs> there's really like a concerning danger in the fact that that somewhere along the line we've lost the ability to filter out the fact that that's parody or you know mm-hmm. not supposed to be taken as literal news. It, it, but it is now. They, 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 they do want you to take it as literal news. Like, even if, like, there's this theory, right, that QAnon was a joke and, and still is and it's just gone too far. He's um, missing. <laughs> right. But, like, it doesn't matter if the idea of the movement is it's real. Then it, there is no, like, just when they talk about how Trump's didn't mean what he said because he's talking in hyperbole, if people repeat it like it's a fact, then it doesn't matter what he fucking right. meant. That's right. what happened. That's the, the what gets conveyed is that this is a real thing, and that's terrifying. I remember you know? there was this whole narrative of like, is he really racist or is he just saying racist things to appeal to his base? You're right. At a, po- a certain point, it doesn't, doesn't fucking matter. matter. It doesn't matter because it's the same language and it's the same message that's getting through. So here we and, are. And I, here we are. <laughs> I, I think I think that is relevant to this discussion about the pandemic too, because like all he needed to do was at any point suggest that this was a political move and then that's all that's all it took for his supporters to be like oh fuck you fuck the disease i don't believe it anymore even if it's real it's not bad even if it's bad i don't care like it just it just they they just kept stepping up the 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 the, they up up the ante to the point where it really doesn't matter like i could i i could i could have gotten this thing and died or i could have gotten this thing and be perfectly fine and it would have not registered in their world at all Right. Which makes you feel pretty impotent, right? It's just like, what is he? What, what are we even fucking doing? Um, both in both directions. What are we doing? Even still being out there? Why haven't we all just fucking shut everything down till this has gone away? Or what are we even doing? Shutting anything down? Just fucking go out there and all die? Like I don't. It gets so. <laughs> it gets so ridiculous, and and and, and there's no, uh, like you know whatever that 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 term of nuance. There is none of that. In it is the most unnecessarily black and white argument. It shouldn't even be a fucking argument, but it has become this, like, like I said, it's like an owner off switch. Either you're on one side or the other. Why is that? And I've started to listen more to the language of people talking about it from my media outlets, like NPR and um, podcasts and the things that I, I'm, I'm like, you know, seeking out. Um, there, there's still like a lack of empathy for people that don't understand why it's so scary. Like they're not, they're not willing to hear both sides. So it's not, I mean, and I hate to make false equivalencies. I, I'm not doing that, but mm-hmm. there is an element of if you're in the camp that believes it's real, you have to be terrified. And if you're in the camp that believes it's a, a to take Trump down, you have to think it's bullshit. There, there really isn't room on either end to, to, to talk about. It hasn't yeah. felt that way. There has to be that discussion of, you know, it there it could go both ways. You could get this and you could be totally fine or you could get this and you could die or but the fact is most people are going to be in the middle. And and <laughs> it's ironic cuz the, the whole country is generally in the middle and we have been operating and having this discussion from the the, the extremes which is essentially like being in a gym and just yelling at each other from opposite sides of the floor <laughs> instead of like coming to center court and having a discussion which is what we need yeah. to do um 
yeah, uh, it's just it's astonishing how, how this is continually, and it's partly like I watch more, I guess what you would call uh, corporate media coverage over the course of this election in terms of like one from when the return started coming in because you know normally I get a lot of my news from like podcasts and just just reading. Um, you know, websites or excuse me, like news outlets and, and actually like credible <laughs> information. But yeah. when, when you're looking for, you need that like quick fix and to get like the up to date, up to the moment information, mm -hmm. you know, Twitter gives you a certain thing, but to watch it as it's coming in in real time, you know, Steve Karnacki did a great job on MSNBC. Uh, but this at the same time, like the, at MSNBC, CNN, uh, Fox news, everything that, operates in that same kind of like business model whether or not you know they're from one side of the political spectrum or the other it's all it's entertainment and it's not it, it to, to see when the news came in to see an emotional response from some of the the, the anchors like yeah it gives you an sort of immediate gratification because you're sort of feeling that too mm -hmm. but that's not fucking news you, no. you want someone with a straight face to give you what is happening and then you make your own kind of determinations and how that feels it fits into Plus, your I, I, I gotta be honest it's hard for me to see van jones cry and believe it right it <laughs> just feels and, yeah. and i may, maybe and i guarantee you that that it is was genuine comment. and there's a nice sentiment and all that but yeah right. yeah exactly. exactly that's a comment that doesn't it would that, that somebody harder like like further away from any empathy for this would take and run with and i don't mean it that way right. what i do however mean is i'm sure that the last four years have sucked for anybody who wasn't a white male i'm sure i'm fucking positive of it so his right to express that is totally viable but nothing about that felt candid or real to me it felt like something he was ready. He, he was excited. He was like, that's, he was going right. to give that speech. That was going to be the thing that he right. said. And just, just after the, like after uh, the 45's first uh, state of the union, when he was like, tonight he became president. It's like, yeah. no, no, this, this whole, like, Oh, the tone has shifted. It's bullshit. He's the same guy. He's always been, and he will always be. And like to this, this, that, this fantasy that and somehow he's going to like have an epiphany is just not, not realistic and it's playing out now with the, the the way he's trying to steal this election and thankfully like there's no chance that he's going to succeed in it but that doesn't make it any less horrifying that they're they're actually going through with this um process and the, the most of the republican party is doing it as well like there are obviously people who are out there speaking against it but like it's it's mortifying and we continue not to learn lessons of of the past like it came out this week i believe maybe not came out but it was it's been reintroduced the fact that uh, the uncertainty created from the 2000 election with with Gore and um, with Gore and Bush, that that like limbo period where it was being contested, uh, prevented the Bush administration from getting like hitting the ground running and assembling their national security team. Yeah. And they're saying like that period could have made the difference to 9-11. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, yeah. yeah. So and, and BJ in the last podcast made the point that. Uh, Biden was receiving the national security briefings. He's not. <laughs> we didn't. We not didn't think about the time. Oh, he I don't was, think he ever. Uh, he it? was he was receiving he was. like a variation of it, but not like the full no, the no, full they were both, uh, breadth they of were it. Both getting it. I, ju I just heard this on NPR. They were both okay. getting it up until the night of the election, and huh. because that's okay. that's normal. That's always been the case. That's the and and the Trump administration like went ahead and conceded that yeah. as soon as as the election was in uh, you know considered contested by the Trump administration, they shut it down and they have not reopened. Yeah, as of, I, maybe 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 when this airs, they will, have, but they haven't yet. There's stuff too with the State yeah. Department where they're blocking uh, communication to Biden from other foreign <laughs> Can't powers. Get his voicemails. <laughs> yeah, they're literally like not allowing information to get through, which is you know kind of a bad fucking thing. Yeah, <laughs> Mike pa Mike Pompeo is the biggest clown uh, in this administration, possibly in a in a in a cavalcade of clowns <laughs> is this administration. That's a strong Mike, fucking plan. Mike <laughs> Pence is, or not Mike Pence, excuse me. Uh, Mike uh, Pompeo is a goddamn joke. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's the worst secretary of state this country's probably ever seen. I, yeah. You know, did I ever tell you about the time I got to almost meet him? <laughs> <laughs> you told me Joan was going to like introduce you. Yeah. I've, I've got a, a quick story. So my friend Joan, actually the one from the beach trip from earlier who almost gave us all fucking COVID. Um, took us, took, took me, hey, her, Joan. hey, Joan, love you. Um, took me to the state department a while ago. It was two years ago, I guess now. Yeah. Two years. And, uh, Pompeo had just become the, uh, the secretary of state 
and it was it's an event just like a fundraiser for the like actual like dignitary room like the the fancy place where all the they bring everybody to show off America or whatever. Super cool spot. And uh, we get in there and we're having a nice snack. And this this intern or whatever the fuck whoever works at the State Department comes over and is like, "Hey, do you guys want to meet the uh, the Secretary of State?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> I don't. <laughs> she came back a yeah. second time, and she's like, "You guys, we're taking pictures. Do you want a picture with the Secretary of State?" And I was like, "Fucking no, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want anything to do with that fat bastard." And then he walked in, and I was like, "Oh man, he is really fat." <laughs> like, I said that out loud. Fuck that. Yes, so, presidential ambition. Uh, he no. He's going to be president of the United States. He has no fucking shot. No, he doesn't. No so, fucking um, shot. I, I will tell you this, like the, the whole meeting political people is interesting. Um, I've done two incredibly political weddings because whatever, when you play music, they, they sneak you in. The hippies come <laughs> in the back door or whatever. Right. Um, so I played I played um, uh, Hogan's uh, daughter's wedding um, a, a couple of years ago, maybe three or four years ago now, which he actually pretty nice dude. You, you know, whatever. I, I, I have very little um, tracking of his politics uh, other than the fact that he hasn't supported Trump during this. And I will. Uh, I will continually supported the corpse of Ronald Reagan. Yes, he did. Right. I get that. And I know, I know your, I know your feelings on that. And that's all mine. But I will say he was a, he was a good enough dude in that experience, but a much weirder thing. And this was more relevant because so for a while I was doing this continual uh, recording project with this group called justice through music, where they would pay me and a group of folks to come in every month and record like one or two tunes. And they'd use these tunes for various um, protest related stuff. This was during the Bush administration. Right. Um, and I was work, I was doing this gig. I mean, for a solid, like three or four years, it was a standing once a month to go in and record. So, I mean, like tons of shit that was just, just blistering political takes on stuff that I was just playing bass on whatever. And then that same group of people is also involved in a wedding band and got hired to do a wedding through an agency. And it comes, we came to find out that this was, this was in like maybe 08 or maybe 2010. So Obama era, but Bush was still very fresh in everybody's mind. Mm. We played Donald Rumsfeld's granddaughter's wedding <laughs> and he was there and yeah. he was old and I couldn't hate him. Like he was old and like just you could hate him. Like, he was so frail. And I was like, oh, I thought you were the fucking devil, but you're just an old guy. I don't know how to feel about how much I hated you. And he's just like there being old and some, some like chick's granddad, like they he seemed really nice to be honest with you. And like, it was like how, how, like that gave me some weird perspective shift, right? Like having that experience. Um, although I, I, I'm very consistent in my belief that if I ran into Trump, my hate for him would not in any way be assuaged. Like, even if I had to like, Oh no, no, I'd, I'd come the, out swinging for was, sure. Like, stuck on the side of the road. <laughs> If he was stuck on the side of the road, like I would still help him because I, 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 I was raised that way. But like I would hate him while I helped him. So. Oh, you'd help him? I'd fucking hit <laughs> him with my car <laughs> back over him. I, and then I, go I was going to say I would, I would help him <laughs> underneath my back tire. Yeah. But that's just separate. <laughs> I would, I would, I would help him, and I would then tell my dad like I helped him, even though he's fucking awful. So in your face. I would, yeah. I would. No, stop you're my right. Car. You're right. <laughs> I would, I would find the nearest like. <laughs> growth of saplings i would cut as many down as i could fit in with a pocket knife sharpen them all duct tape okay. them to the front of my car and then ram him at full speed <laughs> impaling him to the front of it and then drive clear across america with his shitty impaled body on the front of my truck <laughs> sorry my van sorry i'm gonna say that is not practical <laughs> i'm gonna say you might be getting a visit from the secret service in the next, <laughs> next couple of days you're Thank probably, God for editing. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so that kind of goes into the, the issue with uh I mean, you you referenced Matt that like Hogan seemed like a good enough dude. And like we have to get back to this idea where like Biden's been talking about this, that we're not each other's enemies. We are like we're all citizens and love this country. And I agree. Uh, and like the I was getting into this with somebody about like the point of politics and it's become this sort of like blood sport where it's my side wins and your side loses. And it can't be that way. That's not the point or the function of politics. It, it's gotta be to the point where we need to have an, on, an honest conversation and one side brings up what they believe the solutions to any given problem is. And the other side does the same. And the problem that I have with 
the Republicans at the moment is that they don't have ideas. They're not coming to the table with ideas. So the Democrats, are, which is it's frustrating to watch the Democrats because they are in a way negotiating against themselves. And in another way, they're not like successfully communicating what the, what it is they believe in because there's this void of like a counter argument. So the best thing for the country is to have a strong, as Jake pointed out last week, you know, the best thing for the Democrats is a strong Republican Party. And the best thing for the Republicans is a strong and coherent Democratic Party. And, you know, we are currently in in the Democratic Party. They're currently having like a, a, a philosophical discussion about what it is that they stand for. Um, it's, you know, been referred to as infighting. But it, it, there's a good <laughs> there's a good part about that. that that's a conversation yeah. that has to be had. And then, you know, people want to hate on the squad and AOC and all that. But like that voice within the Democratic Party is crucial because that we can't just continue to come to the table of what we think we can get. We need to have a conversation of what we want. And then the, the Republicans have to come to the table and say, this is what we want. And then we can find some sort of some form of common ground and somebody get like everybody gets a little bit of something and then we move forward. And then as the political landscape evolves, we adjust accordingly and you know this whole idea that the left has cost like cost the 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 democrats the possibility of picking up seats in the senate or or picking up uh or, or ended up losing seats in the house yeah I, I that's just a disingenuous conversation because the ideas represented by what is considered to be the extreme left are winning across the country the, the $15 minimum wage in florida the decriminalization and legalization of marijuana uh, uh, across the country in in various ballot referendums uh the in arizona the raising of taxes on the wealthy to pay for schooling uh, or uh, uh funding of public schools yeah education yeah. is like th these are not issues that are losing across the country and and figuring out a way how to uh, figuring out a way to message what it is the democrats stand for is going to be crucial but in order to do that there has to be a conversation and and part of that starts like across the aisle in terms of we, we just got to stop demonizing everybody and, i agree and, yeah. and i think that that made i felt real strong about that watching this uh, people being interviewed that, that are uh, trump supporters that genuinely like genuinely believe that the election was stolen it's not to them it's not repeating talking points like they for real have been convinced that's the case. And it makes me think like, do they not realize that there are a bunch of us that don't agree with them? Like the, the, they live in it's this- It's not even that, like they don't have any evidence. Like if, the, if there was any kind of evidence to support that theory, like I'm all for, they can litigate away, they can have these discussions, they can bring everything, we can recount whatever needs to be recounted because the truth is on our side. If they had any kind of evidence to to back up these claims, that's a different discussion. But there isn't any. They like objectively, there is no evidence. Even well, the judge. I think that oh, that's yeah. one of the, the issues, and we kind of addressed earlier, is that you know with with the information people are getting and what we deem as as a credible source, like we don't seem to have as on either party a collective understanding of what a credible source of information is. Yeah, we're, we're we're all referring to our our you know echo chamber or whatever right. you know our party subscribes to or you know political you know sub, yeah, affiliation subscribes to. Um, how do we how do we find that? I mean, I mean, I know you. Know, well, I mean, it's it's also like with with like I I think that's kind of a false equivalency because one side is just like oh a fact. There, there it is. Like we can right. make a decision because of that. The other side's like, well, if it's well, well, then I'll, they just keep moving the ball to some new thing. Like now I, I see these fucking idiot posts. Like, well, I want to, I want to, I don't want a recount. I want a new vote with hundred percent ID verification. <laughs> and like they just, they just right. move the ball every time you go. Well, it's not that. Oh well, it's, well, it's got to be this. Yeah, it's like fucking right. Well, and 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 they wouldn't say that that's what they're doing. I think that's the other thing too. I think I've seen people subconscious. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah, they're doing I've it. seen people <laughs> in, in in my in my sphere from my past that that just happen to be in my my Facebook sphere, <laughs> legitimately feel like well, they've been told repeatedly that that somebody cheated, so they just don't believe that any information that is they come like like you know we keep hearing. Oh well, they lo they lost this set of lawsuits, and it's proven that the election officials there was you know that nothing happened. But then their baseline is like, well, why would you listen to the election officials? 
who put them in charge. And it's like, wait, that's, that's who's in charge. Yeah, that's how this works. Play. You fucking idiot. And, and they're under some weird assumption that everybody who's an election official is somehow a Democrat. Like, Right. In Republican ran areas, they can it's read. all Republicans. Yeah. Like, well, who do they think's fucking? It's the government. It's right. the people they put in there. They were it's the Trump ballots. administration is overseeing all of. Like, they are the ones who like put a lot of these uh, these people in charge in, in various positions in the state. And like, the, I think the Attorney General of Georgia, who's a Republican, has and appointed by. Uh, Brian Kemp, who was supported by President Trump, has refused to like allow or like Kemp has refused to fire him as uh, as attorney general, despite like, you know, the, the constant criticism that they've been levied towards him. But it's yeah, you're right. There, it's it's a completely alternate reality. And it's it's something that's going to have to be addressed and that these outlets are are growing and like just the ability to to uh, kind of fashion your own. Uh, media diet in terms of not just not just uh, things that support your narrative, but like just have no basis in any kind of fact or reality. Like objectively, yeah. like there's nothing <laughs> that you can't argue with it. Like there's no way to counter argue to, to to present a counter argument to something that has no <laughs> no yeah. weight to it. Have you have you Go seen ahead, the, the, have you seen the dude in Pennsylvania? The uh, oh, I forget what his position is. Um, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he looks like a professional wrestler. Yeah, he's fucking awesome. But uh, somebody, some some billionaire in Texas was like, "I'll give a million dollars to whoever finds voter fraud." And this guy's like, "I forget, I fucking can't remember what his position is." But he's like a some sort of a, he has something to do with the election in Pennsylvania, and he found there was a Trump supporter that his mother was dead, and he voted for his dead mom mm -hmm. and got arrested. And he was like, "Hey, I found him. Where's my million bucks?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's like, funny. That's the only the only uh, like proven election fraud that has been uncovered has been no i've seen yeah. i've seen two like more in north carolina thing. two years ago yeah. yeah yeah there was another chick somewhere who like voted twice because she wanted to make sure that her vote got counted it's like well no honey that's uh, that's voter fraud that's you're doing the thing that you're talking about <laughs> right that's, right. that's although <laughs> although i think i think in some places you can you like you could go vote in person even after you voted by mail they just won't get gets discounted right like, yeah. It, yeah it gets thrown away so yeah. yeah, that's not that's actually I don't I don't think at least in, in some places, I think North Carolina might be one of those where you can opt to go in and vote in person, even if you've mailed in an absentee ballot. Speaking of North Carolina, how like seeing Georgia turn blue and seeing North Carolina stay red, how does that like make you feel as it? Um, you know what? It's funny. Like, so <laughs> Georgia and, and North Carolina have similar spots that are like like just embarrassingly liberal <laughs> um athens georgia um Asheville, north carolina atlanta raleigh um you know they're places that i could go back to and be less hated um <laughs> dude Ash Asheville's like, like a giant art school <laughs> like yeah although man so i spent a lot of time there in college I, I played with a band that was based out of there for a couple of years and um i was poor so that place felt like bullshit to me, right? <laughs> well, see, it's 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 crunchy, but it's crunchy with a price tag. Right? It's yeah. bullshit. It's whole, it's, it's whole foods it's, crunchy. It's yeah, whole yeah. food crunchy, and so you can go there and you can like feel your feelings, but it still costs a shit ton of money to exist in that environment. Yeah. So, it's like, also not a very big city. It's it is very small and it's encapsulated by a bunch of mountains, so there's no room for it to sprawl at all. Yeah, like you drive up um, Highway 40 through the fucking gap, and it's like barren mountainside and then tiny little metropolis of of wonder and then off into nowhere and then tennessee oh boy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the same way athens is such a cool fucking little city built you know another little art school town and like you know there's nothing around it that would support how awesome it is yeah so but then that's where we go to play gigs right we all tour those places so Absolutely. that's where the people are right that's, yeah. that's why the people you that want to hear our yeah class. yeah i mean yeah <laughs> just but like you want to maximize your exposure <laughs> by going to places where the most people are right so back back to what you were saying with, with with that feeling i did not expect north carolina to flip um uh, only because i see the rhetoric coming out of there. And I know that there are still more people there involved in voting that feel the way that they do than feel the way I do. They're probably 
than not the majority of people in North Carolina, but they're the majority of people who are taking the time to vote. Yeah. Um, there is some disdain in a town like Asheville. I bet the people that turned out to vote is probably a lot lower than uh, than the outskirts of Charlotte, where it would have been 100 percent red to fight back against all the blue in Charlotte. Right. right. Um, so there's there's elements of that. And I'm not that surprised. I'm frankly really surprised that they flipped Georgia. And I think it has to do with the very specific voter outreach program that was there. I don't think that was the feelings of the state changed, which I think is dangerous, man. If we pretend like if we start calling Georgia liberal, that's going to energize the people there that aren't liberal. And we got to be real fucking careful about how we talk about that. That's not fair to just recategorize Georgia as like California number two or something. (laughs) Not they won't. I I, I would hope no one's doing that, but like, but some people are, some people are like, it's kind of purple. You know what? It's really, it's bluish purple. I'm like, no, fuck it. No, it's not. <laughs> it's still goddamn Georgia, bro. Yeah. Go down there. Like, we'll, we'll find out about that we? shit from New York and think, you know, like that's, that's <laughs> the thing they want you to do. They right. want you to do that. Cause they will get right in your face and tell you you're fucking wrong. So will the people from the Carolinas, yeah. especially South Carolina, they'll stab your ass. So like, <laughs> I love a man. We'll find out. We'll South. have an opportunity. They can, yeah, they're all about to go on record on January 5th in this in this runoff election. So we'll see how that plays out. Obviously, a bunch of money is going to go in there. But um, like Stacey Abrams is had, hasn't taken her foot off the gas since the election. And, yeah. and she's I'm incredible. I'm super curious yeah. to yeah. see what happens. I have I literally have no clue how that's going to go down. Like, yeah. I, I don't I would not make bets either direction with that. Well, I think it's going to yeah. have something to do with what you just said is like, like the, the state fucking flipped. So the people that aren't on the blue portion of the ticket are going to be a little more energized than they were perhaps in the actual election. So, yeah, it could be. But it could also go the opposite direction in that they say, oh, Georgia flipped. Like now we're even more motivated. That means our vote matters as a Democrat down there. So I'm going to turn out and and obviously they're going to continue to try to um, because they haven't been trying necessarily to turn. Uh, red voters blue they've been reaching out to voters who haven't been more blue voters been, yeah, yeah. right and expanding yeah. the base and and i think that's a winning strategy and i think if they can successfully make the case that uh you know this is an optimistic out, outlook here but like if they can make the case that you see what's possible with us with biden winning um and if you turn out in those numbers and vote for these two this is going to make a huge difference in his ability to get things done that will directly help you and then ultimately the big picture is they have to get in if, if they do get this majority fingers crossed they need to use that majority and get things done um that are going to help the people who voted for them and you know we we talked last week about like what a a, a first or, or a first term of biden will look like i think the the optimistic part of the of me is telling me he, he's not going to run seek a second term so he can just start with his second term he doesn't have to govern like it's a first he can come in and just say this is what i promised this is what i want to get done this is what i'm going to do because i don't have to worry about re-election like yeah you want to set it up for the next democratic presidential um nominee to be able to pick up where he leaves off but like this is no time to fuck around like it's i'll it's, tell you what I, I, yeah. I agree with that and i was thinking about this the other day um if he if like the one thing that has lacked that Trump did really, really well is that really tangible and in his case, spiteful things that he could do that made the people that put him in office happy. He did that shit as fast as he could do it and as often and as loud as he could. And I'm not saying that I won't find him spiteful in any way, but right. there are probably some really well, smart he's not things. spiteful. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the but there's probably there, there are I, and there are probably some really smart, visible, maybe not policy changing, but very quickly visible things that he could that he could come in and do that would make people go, oh, he's he's doing things that I wanted him to do when he got there. Right. Like and I don't I'm, like I don't I'm not claiming to know what the right ones of those are, but like pandemic relief, like getting that passed as soon like that make it the only fucking thing they talk about till it happens. Mm-hmm. That would be a huge win for him and would probably make people that are prepared to hate him hate him just a little bit with a little less vigor because they couldn't complain about that one thing, right? Like that's the kind of thing that if he gets in there and knocks that out, it'll benefit all of us and also has the potential to give a lift to the beginning of his administration that would make it make it feel, you know, whatever. We're, we're so emotional about something that's so not emotional. Policy is so boring and, and big <laughs> and you're supposed, supposed to be. That's yeah. how you fix problems yeah. is with really yeah. – intricate solutions and we're just like well 
is that 300 pages? I read the first 10 and then looked it up on YouTube. It's like, right. fuck you. <laughs> right. It's a real thing. Somebody somewhere understands it just because you don't doesn't make right. it wrong. Like, Politics are not supposed to be about social issues. It's just turned no. into that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, um, it has been. I mean, it's supposed to, time. it's supposed to be incorporated, but the, like bigger policy is it, it takes social issues and makes it part of the policy, but like, it's not, we're not supposed to be debating on that. It's supposed to be the outcome of the policies have right. a positive impact on the social issues. And yeah, we're going to see how, how that plays out. I, you're right. I think coming in and getting his arm around the pandemic is, is going to be most important. I think follow that up uh, with a real nod to the people who got him there is he's going to be uh, taking action on climate change. That's going to yeah, be environment was yeah, gonna number be two. Yes. And, and both of those are going to help the economy. So like that, that all ties in into that. And one of the things that he's that's also been talked about is that he can do within like the first hundred days via executive action is cancel the first $50,000 of student debt, like across the board. And that would be fucking incredible. I think that would do so much oh, that, for that's a, that's a, a the thing? economy. That's a thing. I'm he okay with that thing. Be, yeah. Good. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. been a thing we've talked about before. And I don't think any, Anybody we know, I don't think anybody other than people that get, that make the money off that money would are going to object. Right. But those are the people with the loudest voices. So I right. don't like I don't see that happening, but it would be awesome. That would right. be. Awesome. There's going to be a percentage of Trump voters that have student debt. Believe it yeah. or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and also let you know. Okay, this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. You know, earlier with these numbers, like. There are 72 million people out there that voted for Trump. I don't believe that all 72 million of those people feel the same way that the, you know, the, the black knight at the Trump rally right now <laughs> feels. Um, I think some of them were being pragmatic and they thought, it's it was a a flesh idea, wound. you know, and, and so those people aren't, they aren't a foregone conclusion that they're going to hate everything Biden does. They, I just don't think that they are. My dad, my dad, I don't think in four years, if things are okay, we'll just like diatribe about right. him not being Trump because he doesn't care that much. He cares enough that his buddies think that he's for the guy that they're for. That really is what it comes down to. And so there's a balancing act to be had there that Biden might be able to pull off. You know? Right. Man, you Do can you already see the dad... temperatures, the temperatures going down on that stuff too. Like the intensity yeah. is yeah. not there. Like the, the fucking Trump trains are not happening anymore, except for the million more on March. But... <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, do you think he's uh, like, do you think your dad is, does he buy into this election fraud nonsense or is he? I haven't out talked to him about it. Okay. We, surprisingly, we don't talk about politics. My, my, <laughs> other than my mom calling me today. Right. Like, hey, honey, how are you guys doing? You know, with your coronavirus? Um, I'm, I'm going to invoke her voice. And then, and then she was like, how y'all doing? Oh, wait, Here's yeah, a right. And then she was like, oh, goodness, honey, I'm so glad Biden won. And my dad's <laughs> in the background, like, bro, bro. She's like, I, I was like, I was like, hey, mom, I think dad can hear you. She's like, I don't care if he can hear me. I was like, oh, I love this woman so much. Oh, so uh, it was, yeah, it was, but it was so, it was, it was a joke. She was laughing. My dad was making fun of it in the background. They aren't mad. They aren't mad at each other. Then right. she clearly, like, she's not like, she's not an activist. She was never like a Democrat. She's not registered. I don't think like that. She's registered to vote, but she's not a registered Democrat. She wears her Biden Harris mask around the house. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, oh no. They, yeah, they, they also both got coronavirus. So I think it's just, oh, right. they do, you know, whatever. But um, they're also in North Carolina where it's just like they, they, the North Carolina spiked and people are like, Oh, well, I guess this is what we're doing now. Right. <laughs> they fucking didn't change anything. Right. They're like going into, re they've been going inside restaurants wow. since the summer. Like, fucking that's just what they do down there i wore a mask in a gas station on a drive down there um a couple of months ago and definitely got some shitty looks because i had the mask on like it's a vibe I don't, when i go pump gas into my car like unless i'm up on top like unless all four pumps are surrounding me like are all full and everyone's out pumping the gas at the same time i don't put a mask on oh no, no no i was in the convenience store i was, I was in the store oh okay yeah and I had I had one of my sons with me who had to go pee, and I had him in a mask too. And they just looked yeah. at me like I was fucking. They probably thought I'm running a child porn ring because I'm clearly <laughs> right. Never so, right. You know, trafficking. Right. Although my boys are beautiful, so they would save them. Take off that mask. <laughs> save that baby, no, man. That boy is taken away. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a kid. <laughs> he's gonna but rape him in the bathroom. <laughs> Then, then I get in my truck and they're so confused. They're yeah, like, yeah. Right. Oh, "Wait, hold on, wait, <laughs> wait, man, that's <laughs> a that's a big truck, man. I don't know how I feel about this. This, this gentleman here, he's, he's well, he's clearly he trafficking children, but he drives a large power wagon. 
And I want a large power wagon, and, well, I don't know how to feel about, about that. i got to feel the way. I don't know. <laughs> Leaving a trail of strokes behind you as you drive. <laughs> but then I get in, and I'm listening to, like, you know, in their opinion, the most homosexual music I could find. I don't know what it is, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. So I don't, Zeppelin, I don't know to, obviously. Yeah. I don't, although then sometimes I get in, and I'm fucking listening to Soundgarden or Rage Against the Machine, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, he's still a redneck. Like, how is that? Those guys hate you. Quit appropriating my music. Oh man, you saw the 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 Trump folks listening to like singing along to Rage Against the Machine, yeah, and yeah. after like, the, it's just are you not fucking listening to the words that are coming out of your mouth? Like, what is <laughs> happening here? Oh, yeah, so you, you, you can't have them. They're they're not yours. <laughs> it's <laughs> not, not even about that. Like, you can have them if you understand what the fuck they're singing, and not that like again we talked about separating uh, the art from the artist. Like, you can separate all that, but like the fact that you're, you know screaming about like fuck you i won't do what you tell me or whatever the fuck it's just like god damn it dude yeah you're literally <laughs> singing about you <laughs> literally about like racist police that's what yeah. the fucking song is about some of those who work forces are the same that burn crosses you <laughs> right. don't think they're talking right. about you think they're real big blue lives matter fans like, they're obviously the playing that right at the clan rallies so <laughs> <laughs> Like fuck yeah, we do. I still <laughs> like that cross. I, I still like that meme that's like, what 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 machine did they think we were raging against? A toaster, right? Like, that's one of my favorite. Rage against the voting booth. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! All man. right, all right, all right. I'm gonna. I think that's as far as we can get today. <laughs> okay. That feels that's like a good, good conversation. Spot. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, we'll have a guest next week, so you know. Oh, well, dude, this is, this is good. No, next week's is going to be fucking awesome. Do you guys know? It? Have I told everyone what that is yet? No, not yet. Uh, uh, what is it? I'm going to preview it because it's going to be great. Preview. My, my buddy Kale is a, a climatologist, okay. and he's in. Uh, I think he's in Alaska right now, and he's like, you know, observing the ice melt and all the fun things that are going with that. And every time I talk to him or call him, I go, "So, how long?" And he's like. Pretty fucking soon. <laughs> so, so that's going to be a fun conversation to have for sure. Can you send us a picture Yay. of a polar bear that's been lost on a little, you know, a little chunk of ice that Isn't broke that off so we can make everybody ever? feel guilty? Yeah, the, the polar bear swimming in like the middle of the ocean with no ice or land anywhere in sight. Like, oh, you poor bastard. He's Just going- get him a Coca-Cola. He'll be fine. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if I've learned anything from pop culture, that's that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's there's probably one that was unopened in one of those guiles that he'll he'll uh, you know swim past. Oh, he's actually floating on the pile of trash in the middle. Of the, you know, right, just all coke bottles. Yeah, it's a nice island. Oh man. Anyway, <laughs> Christian. Well, it's twelve thirty. Good day, motherfuckers. <laughs>